Hey guys, Laura here from What Laura Likes. So you are either watching this or listening to this. So I just want to say welcome in whatever format that you are taking this podcast slash video in. I am really excited. God has really shown me where he wants me to take my public presence. So you guys know I started a community. The community is for Catholic women who are walking their vocation in their marriage, motherhood, and that kind of thing. And in there, I've been doing exclusive videos on the bucket system and really trying to pour into the women and help us all, including myself, you know, walk this narrow path and become saints through our vocation. And so that has really taken off. We've been doing it for almost a month and it's such a joy. But I was trying to contemplate what I want to do publicly. Like, what is, is God still asking me to do something publicly? And his answer was a resounding yes. And he shared with me that I can take my spiritual reading, the things I already do, and turn them into content that will bless other people, both men and women. It doesn't have to be just women. So I'm really excited. Today we're talking about contemplating heaven. And this has absolutely changed my life. This idea of always keeping our eyes on the eternal. Heaven awaits anyone who's a friend of God and and walks a narrow path and dies to self. And obviously the easiest way to do that and the surest way to do that is within the Catholic Church. That is why we evangelize and we work so hard to be that light to the world and to bring people into the church. But heaven is it's just something that's so beautiful and it is obtainable to, for every single soul. So we're never too far gone to be to reach heaven and the way to reach heaven is to to do God's will and to ask for his mercy. The only sin that's unforgivable is when we don't ask for his forgiveness. So I love this book, Preparation for Death by St. Alphonsus Liguori. And you guys know I'm a huge St. Alphonsus fan. Like, I just love anything he's written. I cannot wait to get to heaven and give him a great big spiritual hug and just to tell him thank you because he keeps me walking the narrow path as very best I can. And oh my goodness, I just adore him. So this book, I suggest that everyone read. It helps you walk away from the edges of the narrow path. It helps you walk away from the world and get in the middle. That is our goal. Do not have one foot on the broad path. Get in the middle and keep your eyes on eternity. So we're going to be reading a passage from Preparation for Death today, and I'm going to talk about some reflections on it and talk about how I specifically you know, contemplate heaven on a daily basis. So if you are feeling like the world is heavy or you have suffering or your life isn't what you hoped it would be, then I hope that this video, this podcast will help you refocus in on what is truly important, and that is to get to eternity, to be with him who we love. Welcome to What Laura Likes, where we pursue sainthood through the vocation of marriage. In this podcast, we talk about all the things that are necessary to a wife and mother, from our faith to what's for dinner and everything in between. This audio is taken from a 2022 YouTube video. If you'd like to see the video for this and other episodes, you can head to my YouTube channel, What Laura Likes. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave a review if it adds value to your life. Also, consider supporting this podcast on Patreon to help it continue. You can find out more about me or contact me by heading to my website, whatlauralikes.com, or following me on Instagram at whatlauralikes18. Enjoy the show. So today I'm going to be reading to you from pages 252 to 253 from Preparation for Death. 
And then I'm going to break, it's a pretty long passage, so I'm going to break it up and we're going to talk about the thoughts in between each part. The first quote is this, let us represent in our minds a young maiden who after consecrating herself to the love of Jesus Christ, dies and quits this world. The soul of the young maiden is presented for judgment. The judge embraces her and pronounces the sentence of her salvation. We just have to stop there. I'm already teary-eyed. This whole passage makes me just, uh, it makes me cry in anticipation and also a little bit of fear, right? That like holy fear that we wouldn't be in the same place as this young maiden. So our goal at our particular judgment is not to have Jesus Christ be the just judge and condemn us or send us to purgatory. Our goal is for him to embrace us, to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. We only have moments for his mercy and the ability to please him right now. When we die and we face our particular judgment, it will be too late. The book is closed. We cannot write in it anymore. And so every day, all day, think about this. What am I doing? What am I doing for God? And what am I doing for the world? And really contemplate because like I said, now is the time to pursue his mercy and to embrace his mercy always, but to also strive to please him. We say we love him. We should be wanting to please him in all things. All right, let's resume the passage. Her angel, her guardian angel meets and congratulates her. She thanks him for his assistance. And the angel then says, rejoice, O happy soul. Thy salvation is now secure. Come and behold the face of thy Lord. Behold, the soul now passes beyond the clouds, the spheres, the stars, and enters into heaven. O God, What will be her feelings on first setting foot in this happy country, beholding for the first time this city of delights? Now, this is something where I wanted to contemplate the idea of seeking beauty and traveling to see the world now versus realizing that in heaven it's going to surpass anything on this earth. So if you are If God has given you a situation in the world where you are kind of stuck in your little town or, you know, you don't get to come to Europe and see the great sights or, you know, there's like the seven wonders of the world and all the beauties of the different of the world. And and you long to, you know, to be on those shores or be up in those mountains. And yet you can't just know that if you can get to heaven, it will surpass anything on this earth. I contemplate that a lot as I walk through this Valley of Tears, because, you know, it's easy to see some people who travel a lot and to think, well, gosh, I want to see that place or this place. And we realize once you, especially once you start traveling, you realize you're never going to see it all. And I don't know if I'm ever going to get back to the Oregon coast, which is like my happy place. But I do know that when I get to heaven, that heaven is going to be laid out for me in whatever I want. If I want to ride horseback, I can. If I want to go to the ocean, I can. Heaven is going to be the most pristine, beautiful, just joyful place. And anything you ever wanted in this earth and you couldn't have will be there waiting for you in heaven. I think about that, you know, setting her foot in this happy country. Oh, so exciting. Just contemplate that. Contemplate that while you're washing the dishes or changing a diaper or you're ill in bed. Like, 
This is nothing compared to what awaits us. And then think about the most beautiful sunrise, the starry sky, those moments where you're absolutely in awe of nature's beauty and realize this is a dull, fuzzy representation of what awaits us in heaven. All right, let's continue. The angels and the saints will come to meet her and will receive her with a joyous welcome. What shall be her consolation in rejoining there with her relatives or friends who have been already admitted into heaven and in meeting her holy advocates? The soul will wish to bend her knees to venerate these saints. They will say, see thou do not do it not for I am thy fellow servant. So it's like here on earth, we, we venerate the saints and we acknowledge them as being in heaven, the church triumphant, and they are our big brothers and sisters. But we, you know, we're in awe of the fact that they are there in the presence, the beatific vision. And yet when we go to heaven, we'll be on some level. I mean, of course, there's the different levels of heaven, but we'll be on equal footing, at least at that base level. And we no longer will need to bend our knee to them because because we will be fellow servants. And to be a saint means to be a soul in heaven. That's all it is. I mean, of course, there's different levels of heaven. We all have a a place for us in heaven that's reserved for us by God, and we have to strive to get there. And the best way to get there is complete submission to God's will without any kind of complaining or fighting or, you know, lamenting, but just this idea that we are all called to be saints. And so remember that always. You are called to be a saint. So don't do anything that embarrasses your angel. Don't do anything that causes you to risk being a saint. All right, let's continue. She will thence be carried to kiss the feet of Mary, the queen of heaven. What tenderness will not the soul experience in first beholding this divine mother who gave her so much assistance in the work of her salvation? For then the soul will see all the graces she obtained through the intercession of Mary who embrace her with love and tenderness. And I wrote down, just typing this brought tears to my eyes. Like, you guys, we pray our rosaries, right? We wear our miraculous medals. We we wear our brown scapulars. And we we have so many devotions to Mother Mary. We pray our memorares. We, you know, we learn the Magnificat. We do all these things because we love Mother Mary. She's been given to us to be our mother. And so I could go on and on about her motherhood here in this world, but to think of finally being at her feet. And this is going to make me tear up just now talking about it. Because isn't it what we all want is to be at our mother's feet and to have her look down at us with such tender love, a love that surpasses any love we can have for our own children. And so I just, I love that part. Now resuming, this queen of heaven will then conduct the soul to Jesus who receive her as his spouse and will say, Come from Libanus, my spouse, thou shalt be crowned. And that's from the Bible. My spouse rejoice. There is now an end to tears, to sufferings and to fears. Receive the eternal crown I have purchased for you by my blood. And I just wrote like, what a gift. What a gift for Jesus Christ himself, who has taken us from being mere creatures. And through baptism, we have become the children of God. We have become brothers and sisters of Christ. We have become his friend. You know, we claim to be his friend. Let's act like it. And then to become his spouse. And I don't know if that wording is just because she was a consecrated virgin and had consecrated herself to Jesus and, you know, literally become his spouse in that way, like a like a nun. Or if there's symbolism there, I don't know everything about the Bible, but I know that there's a lot of symbolism regarding, you know, the bridegroom and the spouse and things like that and the wedding feast. But it's just 
so amazing. And, and to have an end to tears, to suffering and to fears, like, I don't think any of us have ever been in a state where we have completely been free of all three of those things. And it made me think about Venerable Fulton Sheen and his discussion on suffering. And I'll put that down below so you guys can listen. It's a very good talk. But he talks about how there's a limit in our physical bodies on this earth to joy, that something pleasurable, if taken to an extreme, becomes unpleasurable. But yet with suffering, it's kind of the opposite. Like we suffer and we think this is it. I can't take another moment. And then we can. We get past that threshold and we keep suffering. And we're like, oh, I guess I could get past that suffering. He, re- he talks about being in the dentist chair specifically and thinking, I can't do this for five more minutes. I can't hold my mouth open or I can't endure. And yet we do. Think about child childbirth and it's just like, oh my gosh, that was a lot of pain. And then it's like the pain steps up. Oh, wow, now this is a lot of pain. And you keep going. And the thing is, is that in because all suffering will only be on this earth, we have the ability in our bodies to sustain suffering for longer because it's the only time we have to suffer is here on earth. Whereas in heaven, that will be the fullness of our joy and we'll get to a place where we have so much joy that we can't think we can handle any more joy and then we'll just receive more joy. And it'll just, it's like overwhelming right now to think about it, like, because there is this limit to joy. It's like, it's almost like if you think about that ecstasy that the saints go into, it's it's like they're so exhausted afterwards, right? Because it's our, we're not meant to experience that here. We have a limit to that here, but in heaven, we will. Finally, Jesus himself will then present her to receive the benediction of his divine father, who shall embrace and bless her, saying, Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord, and shall bestow upon her the same happiness which he himself enjoys. And I'm just like, it just gets better and better. You know, it's like we face our judgment and we're embraced. We get to see, you know, our guardian angels there and we get to tell them thank you. We we see the saints. We see our relatives and friends who are already in heaven and we're we're just, they're cheering for us and they're embracing us. And then we get taken to Mother Mary and that's like so amazing. And then Jesus Christ comes and, you know, gets taken to Jesus Christ and he's saying, you know, well done. And then he takes you to the Father and the Holy Spirit, of course, is always there. And it's just like, how can you worry about your job or your finances or what kind of house you live in or how many kids you have or whatever when you contemplate heaven. I just don't know how anything else, it all pales in comparison. So I have found that when I contemplate heaven daily, when I'm tired or I'm leaning towards sins or vice or selfishness kind of things, I can endure rising up and pressing forward with more vigor because I desperately want to share in everything that was stated in that short passage. And there's a lot of other resources out there to contemplate heaven. I think there might be actually a whole book on like the saints in heaven. And if I can find it, I'll put it down below. I haven't read it yet, but I did come across St. John Bosco in one of his dreams. He went to, it wasn't heaven. It was like an in-between place to go talk with, I'm going to forget the saint's name, but that, you know, the saint that passed away when he was about 14, that was under St. John Bosco. And they were talking, and St. John Bosco describes it as his most amazing garden he'd ever been in. The fragrance, the breeze, the everything. It's just perfect. And he said, is this heaven? I think it's St. Damien Savio. Is that right? Or Dominic Savio? And he said, no, no, this is not heaven. You can't enter heaven yet because you're not purified or, or you know, you're still attached to the world. But this is just like an in-between place. And again, it's just like, 
Oh my gosh, if that's the in-between place. And then I've also heard about having you know, our mansion, our castle in the sky, and that everybody is going to receive a mansion, you know, to live in in heaven. And that really makes me think about, especially as women, we can get really into our homes. We can think about, you know, really wanting to nest and make things beautiful, but also we can be very discontent at times about our homes. We wish it was this color, not that color. We wish we had this room and not that room, or, or it was designed differently, or this is a really like annoying part of my home, whatever it is. And I think that when we contemplate our mansion in heaven and building up that with our virtues and our, and our merits, then we can be much more content with whatever we have here, whether it's a small hut or the average home or you know, as something that is much nicer in world in in the world's view, but it doesn't really matter. It's insignificant. It needs to provide enough warmth to be hospitable because that's an act of charity, and also to you know for your family to be comfortable in. But that's really it. It doesn't matter if it's stylish concerning the world because the world they have it all so backwards, you guys. They, the worldlings are so lost. We must pray for them. They don't realize that when they chase after the world, this imperfect, sinful world, and they think that, you know, if I just have this house or this clothing or this body or this job or, you know, this income level, whatever it is, that somehow then I'll reach this happiness. They don't realize that they risk true happiness in heaven because they're concerned about building up treasures here, which are fleeting and fall through our fingers. Just don't bother giving the world your time. I mean, we have to live in the world, but we're not of the world. And I think when we contemplate heaven, we think about building up our treasures for heaven. I think we'll be able to walk through this life with much more peace, letting go of the anger, letting go of the indignation and the frustration and the selfishness and the desires that are our will and not God's will. And we can just let it all go because one day we will hopefully be in this beautiful place called heaven where we will be with mother Mary and our Lord and all the saints and the rest of it. It won't matter. So let us ask mother Mary for final perseverance, because this is something we should pray for every day. Final perseverance is the, it's the virtue of continuing to love, serve and know God to the very end of our life. Ave Maria, gratia plena Dominus tecum. Benedicta tu mulieribus et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nuc et in ora mortis nostre. Amen. Nomine Patris et Fidi et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. So I hope that this little contemplation helps you to put your current life in perspective. Take stock. Compare everything with this meditation on eternity and see where the cards fall. Do not fear death. Be excited. All death is, is this passing away from this valley of tears into this eternal bliss. If you fear death, take stock why. Do you not spend enough time contemplating the things of eternity? Are you somehow stuck in a vice that you need to get out of? Do you not trust God's mercy and seek it out every day? He will be our just judge, but that's not until we die. Now is a time to get to a place to where we are fairly certain that we will be okay on the other side. We can get to that place. We don't know for sure 
unless God comes to us specifically and says you're saved, kind of like with St. Bernadette, I can't promise you happiness here, but I will promise you happiness in the life to come, right? St. Bernadette was a very humble, obedient soul that did whatever it was. She didn't complain about her her tumors and all the things that are going on and her asthma. She just quietly lived her life here and did God's will. And so let's all see if we can think about being more quiet, even if we're really chatty people, to be quiet within us, to be quiet, like quiet our souls. Say, that's enough. I just want to focus on what God wants me to focus on. I look forward to meeting all of you, if not in this world, then definitely in the world to come. So again, strive for that narrow path, stay in the middle, and I'll see you guys soon with another contemplation like this. All right, Pax Christi. Bye. You have been listening to a podcast by What Laura Likes. Make sure if you haven't already to check out the community. It is growing so fast and there is so much good dialogue. There's exclusive videos. There's live Zoom meetings. There's so much content in there, resources for you, active conversation between different Catholic women, all striving to become saints through their vocation. It's only $5 a month or $60 for the entire year. And if you cannot afford that, please email me. Also, if you like this content, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave a review. It's so, so helpful to get this out in front of other eyes. And you can learn more about me at whatlauralikes.com. And there is, of course, a YouTube video that correlates with this if you want to see me talk to the camera. I'll talk to you real soon. Thanks, Christy.